Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Ten years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Miles, I got to start with you because you got to help me understand this. And I, and I say that truly, respectfully, I don't understand it. So DeSantis is in, but the headlines are all about Trump. That part I understood because the guy is a master at doing that. Would you agree with that as a starting point? Oh, yeah. I, I truly is. I mean, DeSantis does his clumsy rollout. And by the way, folks, I like DeSantis, so I'm not bagging on him. But it was a clumsy rollout. And and that was no, but but keep in mind, Lud, <laughs> Lud, is, Lud is a big DeSantis guy. Is yes, that, I am. Is that are you voting for? Are you a DeSantis guy? Um, I'm not deciding on exactly who I'm for, but DeSantis is definitely he's on probably your, the he, top of the list. He's on your he's on the top of your list. Wow. All right. So, Miles, here's what I'm trying to get help with. This is not my words. This is from Fox News. Trump's bizarre reaction to DeSantis' announcement sparks confusion online. And for those folks that didn't, I'm, I'm sorry I got to do this, but Rob, my red button is bigger. Um, <laughs> my red button is bigger, better, stronger, and is working. Truth, yours does not. I, I, I don't understand that rollout with reference to the Kim Jong-un circumstance. How does that make sense, Miles Bauer? Yeah, so... You know, I mean, you know, keep in mind, Trump has been waiting for DeSantis to come out. Right. And DeSantis kind of came out clumsy. I agree with that part. Absolutely. Yeah. But and, I just and, I just didn't so, get the Kim Jong-un connection. Yeah, no, no. And I, I uh, get it. But, I mean, look, you know, all of us Trumpers, we're we're all people that want to throw bowling balls at, at people. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Yeah. I, I listen, I get it. And I and you and you know me what you call me a squishy trumper. I like you are. I like most of the things that he did. I didn't like any of the arguments, like the argument, the Twitter debate with the mayor of London I thought was beneath the office of presidency. No, you you and Lud, <laughs> you guys were always looking for, oh, I want presidential. And I was never on that bandwagon. No, see, I think that's the difference. I'm in between you two. How's that's that? why I like DeSantis. Because is that what? DeSantis has that demeanor. If you come at him, he's going to attack you. Unlike we saw with President Bush for so long, and everybody said, would you just say it and fight back? Yeah. But he doesn't get on uh, in these late night, like, Twitter like right now we're questioning what does this even mean or throwing out uh bait to see how it's handled like with the transgender thing in the military tweet that one time i like DeSantis because he's in between he's president he can be presidential but if you mess with him he's coming at you I, yeah no no you you guys like that presidential thing and um, you guys were always and that's why both of you were cruisers I, you know, you might be right, but I got to tell you, I'm also a Reaganite. And so when I look at the problems in the United States, um, I, I'm, and, and by the way, folks, let me admit up front, I've got folks on our side of the, the divide that both support DeSantis and Trump, 
that are very unimpressed with my positions on some of these things. Um, and I, I'll just give you a real short intake. I've said, in fact, I lost Facebook friends, if you can imagine that, Miles. So I look at the world, I, know. I look at the country we're in, I think 30% of the population of the United States lives in abject poverty. They live in squalor, third world nation conditions. 54% of the adults in America, the adults in America, are reading at sixth grade and below levels, and we're all arguing over a beer can. I don't get that. And so here's my point in how I'm tying it to this conversation. When I look at the presidency, I don't care, by the way, if it's Trump, DeSantis, Bush, Bush, Reagan, I need them to focus. This is me. I need them to focus on the fact that we're heading towards a $32 trillion debt that our interest alone is greater than what we're paying in our military defense. These things are numbskull things. They're just crazy. And they're not arguing over that. They're calling each other names. And see, for me, on that Reagan no, thing. No, no. And I, I uh, totally get that. Yep. But, you know, uh, Trump has actually delivered DeSantis, and I I uh, love him. I, I don't hate him, but he is not delivered. Uh, l- listen, you... In you, Florida, he hasn't delivered? I think I think DeSantis did deliver in Florida. And, and by the no, way... No, I, and I, I, I agree in Florida. Yep. I, I'm just saying Trump has delivered on a national and an international scale i i like a lot of the things he did what i didn't like is him starting the covid checks to everybody which is what began what what began inflation we talked about it in march of 2020 yeah and i'm not bagging on the guy by the way i'm just saying we can't go back and say he was pristine because he wasn't during his time the the national debt went up nine trillion dollars i i I want a reaganite fiscal responsibility I, I, i always said he was not Reagan. That's, a, that's the gospel and you, truth. You and I are Reaganistas, and he he never had fiscal policy. So he, he let, didn't. That's what I want. Let, hold on. Let me explain my idea of presidential, because this might be where I think Miles might be getting hung up on that idea. It's the guy that when he shows up across the world, there's respect from everybody. But also when he shows up on national TV, there's respect for that office, maybe not the person, but the office. I don't put that on Trump's door, though. I think our well, culture has changed a lot. On. What I want is the guy that when he shows up and that other leader's late, yep. he leaves. Um, That's a yeah, Reagan thing. You know what, though, Lud? And then, you know what, then? Don't go squishy on <laughs> the Santas over the next 18 months. Because I'm going to throw that back up in your face. <laughs> Listen, oh, what I folks, love, no, hold on. Let's, we're gonna let's have, go to that. We're going to have such a let's, fun let's primary season that. on this show. How many Trump people, <laughs> how many Trump people have been squishy on DeSantis now? Who? Everybody who was glorifying Trump and DeSantis when he was in Florida, all of a sudden are like, oh, DeSantis is no, no, no. You all went squishy on him already. Yeah. But, because uh, he was the golden boy for two years during COVID. Uh, uh, but listen, I got to tell you, one of my complaints about our political culture in total got nothing to do with DeSantis or Trump. And I've been saying this long before, long actually before this radio show, I've been saying the same thing. Why don't you just tell me why you, why you support your candidate rather than bagging and ragging on the other candidates? To me, that's not the messaging the United States of America needs. 
No. That's mean. Now, you can call me squishy or weak or, you know, this is a, a blood sport and all that. I get all of that. But I want to know what your candidate is going to do. And if you are the candidate, quit ragging on the other person and tell me what your plan is. That's no, all I want to care wait, about. Mike, Mike yeah. my uh, candidate has already delivered. He did deliver $9 trillion in debt. Come on. They've got to take a dose of reality here. I'm not bagging him. But I'm not going to put my rose-colored glasses on and ignore intellectual honesty on the topic. I'm just not. I will say that I am a big Trump policy supporter. Am I the Trump the man? Mm. Mm. I'm the Trump policy guy. Now, in Trump's defense for that last year, how much of that was Trump versus bureaucrats running the show in the background? Oh, I agree with that part. And so I'm I, not- I would hate to put the whole thing on him. Again, it's a yeah. once-in-a-lifetime, generational, multi-generational situation. Do, would have others done it different? We don't know. What would have been the outcome if we didn't do it? We don't know. So I, I, I hate to put the whole thing on him, but he was the leader of the time. He has to take responsibility. Listen, we're down to seconds before break, but I think something that Miles and I will agree on is that most of it is not Donald Trump's fault. It's your fault, Ludwig. It's always my fault. We can blame it on you. What we, do you think, Miles? Do we have an agreement on that? It's Lud's fault. Exactly. Ask my wife, <laughs> ask my kids, ask my enemies. Yeah, ask my friends. It's always my fault. Oh, now you got a really, really narrow crowd of that last marker. All right, folks, <laughs> we, we're going to dive right back in just in a minute after these messages. Come on back in seconds. All right, listen, we, we got to pick up where we left off, but I want to go in a slightly different direction. Miles, are you 100% behind Trump? You entirely intend to vote for him if you have a primary in uh, Illinois? Oh, yeah. Lud, yeah, I am I am totally there. Lud, what, what say you, Lud? I don't know yet. You don't know? No, I, I, have, a, I have a top three. Who are, all right, who are your top three? Oh, come on. Come on, Lud is going to be squishy. <laughs> no, because I can see any of these three being a perfect president, vice president ticket. Uh, no, I'm only talking about presidential no, nomination. Don't. don't get lost on cabinet board members. No, no, but when he's talking about this, this is going to be squishy. Lud is squishy. He's trying to find an exit ramp. No, Miles. no, no, no. Yeah. straight up. <laughs> Trump, DeSantis, Tim Scott. Tim Scott. I like Tim Scott. That's my three. I do. Listen, here's my reason. After that, I think the rest of the list is kind of a joke. I'm, I'm going to make an endorsement, but it's going to be a long time. We're sitting at a list of seven. I put the ones, at least, that I was able to record on show notes. I'll read them for you, folks. Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, Mike Pence, Perry Johnson. I can't say his name. Let's uh, say his Vivek. Name. Vivek. Say his last name. Vivek Rams- Ramswamy. And then uh, Isa Hutchinson, which made me bust out laughing out loud. I'm... Just the last one does like, me. He must be trying to sell a book or something. I think Nikki Haley is applying for a vice presidential job. Maybe. That's what I think. But if it's Trump, that's not going to happen. All right. Here's my problem, and the reason I'm keeping my powder dry on endorsements, et cetera, is I'm not convinced we've seen, we've seen the whole list yet. Oh. And I don't want to cut myself short by selling myself off and putting I'm on somebody's camp, and all of a sudden I get, you know, Somebody identical to Ronald Reagan. Told your squishy later on. No, but no, he, he, no he's going to call I, me squishy anyhow. Who, who is sitting out there? <laughs> yeah. Who who is not announced? 
I, I, that you you think's possible. Listen, that's a valid point, but there are 331 million people. So when I look at this list, and by the way, Miles, just so you know, I agree with most of your points as it relates to Donald Trump. Two or three things that I think actually you and I would agree on were, yeah. were part of a campaign we don't, but I think intellectually we do. But my bigger issue is just what I said, 331 million people, and we're arguing over 280-some-year-olds. Really? I, I have a problem with that. Honestly, I do. No, but that's dude, not you, Trump. You, that's you, not, I mean, dude, you yeah. just have to come come to the realization you're yeah. just a cruiser. I, <laughs> that's right, dude. Does that mean you believe the Constitution? I, yeah, but listen, I, I will tell you this about primaries. The three of us might not ever agree on anything until the day after the primary. But one right. thing is for certain is that primaries in the United States are healthy. I think the Republican Party desperately needs it, and yes. I think the and I think the country desperately needs a primary where valid ideas are yes. tossed into and, the arena of ideas and discussed. Yes, and you know what? I I totally agree, and I think this is where the Democrats are screwing up by killing their primaries. Well, you got you got Marion Williamson and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I think I've never heard of her before, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. She was in the last election, uh, but she but and I'm going to hear from her both the same way. Yeah, I wouldn't recognize her if she was in the studio with us. Yeah, she's kind of nutty. Now the other fella, um, and Miles, this goes to your point. This guy is actually, uh, you corrected me, and I appreciated it. By the way, he actually truly is a liberal. He's yeah, not no, one of these new progressive a, socialist OG Democrat. Yep, he he really truly is. An actual old school Democrat, he's a, he's a bona fide American liberal, loves the Constitution. We don't agree on policy, but I don't think he's a bad guy. But that means right. he's got zero chance in the climate that has become the Democratic Party. <laughs> Do you remember Jim Webb? But, uh, I think I'm on the wrong what? stage. You know what? I, I I think it shows just how far off the rails the media is, because RFK Jr. he's an OG Democrat. So this guy from Reuters calls me the other day to interview me about my opinion of the state of Michigan, the Republican Party, um, and general politics questions. Yeah, and, and, and I you, said, you guys, you you guys are as blue as I am. I, well, listen, we went through that whole conversation. I said, but what? But what gets me about Reuters and most of the media, whether it's entertainment news or what we call it, what we think of as print media. So that you, only, you folks only tell half the truth, which means you're liars. So I'm not trying to call you names. I'm just sharing with you what I genuinely believe. So my right. point was in that part of the conversation is, first off, both political parties have gone through the word, I use the word revolution, but have absolutely gone through a reinvention. The Democratic Party is through it. What I think of as the far left has taken the helm, which is why a guy like uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not going to get any uh, traction. But the other right. point I made for the Reuters guy is if you look back at the voting record of Senator Joe Biden and compare it to any policy he's rolled out as president, it's a completely different party. It's not like you can find some commonalities right. or he agreed and he, his position evolved. It's none of that. It's entirely, yeah. completely 
opposite on every issue you can think of, be it education, yep. race relations, the southern border, energy, every single issue you can come up with, he's had a position on both sides. Documented, right. not my opinion, documented. And the Reuters interviewer guy just went silent for a moment because I'm right. right. I said, why aren't you writing that article? That's the article to write. Not three people in grassroots in Michigan had an argument. What about the president? I got a question. Yeah, but you know what, though, Mike? Do they do they want to acknowledge that they've gone far left wing wing nut? He didn't. I don't know about them. I know. But he didn't he didn't want to take any of what he probably perceived as bait. And it really wasn't. It was me trying to offer intellectual insight. I said, no, you and I can no, stand it. I know. And and this is the beauty of RFK Jr. He does is it. That he is he's demonstrating to everybody because RFK Jr. it was the Democrat Party that you and I grew up with. Absolutely. So when my mother, my grandmother actually had a picture of JFK on the wall, identified herself as a true Democrat. That was that was RFK Jr.'s party, but that's not the party that we're witnessing now. That wants exactly. to that says if you don't want porn in elementary school, you're a you're a book banner. Who thinks that way? That's insanity. Right. What parent, regardless of political ideology, regardless of party allegiance, what parent wants to have their five, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth graders looking at porn in the in the high school or elementary school library who thinks that way RF right. junior, rfk jr doesn't and that goes to your point a couple weeks ago miles bauer this is pointing out to the party that they have gone off the rails but they don't think so hey well Lud, what are you trying to say you look like you're all spun up do you think that tulsi gabbard gets in i think that might be one person sitting in the i weeds. i am a big tulsi gabbard fan i see her as somebody's running mate and I do think that's a possibility. By the way, I think it's a possibility for Trump or DeSantis. Mm -hmm. I think she's very qualified. I think there's a large, a large group of people in the United States right now, forget party allegiance, that do not feel like they're being represented. And she might fill that bill for those folks. And, and I think, and, and Lud, yep. Lud, when, when I told Mike a couple of weeks ago that I thought Tulsi was a good v VP. Mike almost started ripping on me. No, I didn't. I started laughing at you. But you, you but, but intellectual honesty, you, you threw out some very valid points, and I've sat and analyzed it, and I don't have a problem in the world. In fact, I've done that a lot, actually, Miles Bauer. Where, right. in, in fact, long-standing arguments, uh, even going back to. The, the early 80s when we argued over imports, you had some valid points I didn't agree with at the time. History has painted them accurate, so I don't necessarily run around saying I liked that Miles was correct. Do you really think that RFK <laughs> Jr. has any traction in actual people listening to him? Uh, well, so he may not have traction, but all, all I'm saying is that, Lud, before you were born... Uh, RFK Jr. was OG Democrat. Yeah. No, I said this to Mike a few weeks ago, and he kind of told me the same thing he told you that time. But you were wrong, and Miles I know. was correct. I know. Folks, we've got, we've got to go to a break, but we will be right back.
Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mike Hewitt, Ludwig, as we affectionately refer to him, Ludwig. Affectionately. That's... How did you get that name, Ludwig von Wiedemdorski? During the race, you were like, hey. You, you... When he was a candidate. Yeah. And his name is so long, he couldn't find a jersey big enough from shoulder to shoulder to fit his name on it. Yeah. So we started making fun of him as hard as we weren't. We were not bullying. We were teasing. No one's bullying. So my co-host, Ludwig von Wiedendorski and Miles Bauer. Listen, gentlemen, let's go in a different direction. Uh, Newsom pressured to tap black woman to replace deteriorating Feinstein. Oprah reportedly at the top of the list. Or on, I should say that differently. Oprah reportedly on short list. Uh, and I'd, if they tapped Oprah Winfrey, I'd, and you know her fairly well. She wouldn't do it. I don't know if she would do it or not. I don't see the motive for her. But listen, here's my thought on that. And by the way, let me preface it. I don't care if they tap a black female. Just so you know, I, I, and by the way, that's the point. I literally don't care. I want a qualified person. And the idea that we don't look for qualified people regardless of race, gender, sexual identity, and all the rest of these words, the idea that we don't seek the most qualified person is part right. of the problem we're suffering from. That's what I do care. You care no, about and you know what? The, 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 the problem is, and it goes to Mike's point from a couple of weeks ago, what happened to meritocracy? Exactly right. That's what built, That's what made this country great. And even to the, to the folks on the left that listen, thank you, by the way, even to the folks on the left that listen and disagree with the exceptional, the concept of American exceptionalism, you have to acknowledge that we have a better living standard than most of the rest of the world because of meritocracy. And, right. and part of what I'm wanting to talk about somewhere during the show is what we're watching taking place in inner city uh, America. And actually not inner city, big city America. We'll do that after the next break. But listen, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm really, really concerned with the notion that we pick people based on these criteria rather than best qualified. I look at Washington, D.C., Miles Bauer, and it goes to the debate that you and I have had now for since 2016 about your desire to throw bowling balls and you want candidates willing to throw bowling balls because the system is broken. But I right. think, I think, and I don't disagree with that, by the way, just so everybody knows that, even though I push back for fun. But what concerns me is the why part. We can see what's happening. It's broke. That's what's happening. But Why? And the reason why is that everybody's looking at life through these prisms of what's, what's her genitalia. That's important. No, it's not. Okay. That's got nothing to do with that. No, no, no. And you know what? I, I uh, get the issue about DiFi. Yep. But you and I have also talked about weeks ago, how is Fetterman a senator? It's incredible. Hold me. Absolutely incredible that, that they felt having a D in that slot was more important than having somebody that was not mentally, um, you know, um, injured. So, question. Go, Lud. If you're going to put some uh, qualified black women on the list, what, what's wrong with Mia Love, Harris Faulkner, or Condoleezza Rice? Uh, but listen, they're all Republican, and he's going to, I agree with you. So, qualification doesn't matter then. I, I, I agree with that. Because that's it, my problem. You want to just put a black woman in that spot. Not you. Don't say you. No, don't, my problem. Oh, but you said you want to. No, I no, don't. No, no. I'm talking to Newsom. You want to put a black woman in that spot. What's her qualifications that make that spot available? Because you're setting up to fail. And where does that help the black women community? 
it, it doesn't help anybody, yeah, but, 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 but it makes them uh, look good. What, what, what does fail mean? Because Not being able to perform I, your job? I, I, don't, I don't think the Dems, I don't think what you and I think fail is and what the Dems think fail is, is, is the same thing. Well, our goals are different. And I, and I uh, go back to uh, Fetterman. So you're saying the, object, the objectives are different. If you're a warm body and you sit in that chair and you vote like we tell you to vote and you happen to check all the boxes. Yes. I think that's that's the foundation of the way they're viewing it. You're yes. a warm body. We're going to tell you how to vote tomorrow on these three bills. And, and if we get some political spin with far left on it, God bless us. So and, now you're and, a black and, female that you check all the boxes and you're going to vote like we tell you. I got to tell you, by the way, folks, I can't project, so I apologize before I say this, but I'm going to. If I were a black female, I'd be highly insulted. I really would. No, but, but no, no, but Mike, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, isn't Biden himself, doesn't he just say what they want him to say? He does now, but if you remember some of the outrageous racist comments he made from the floor of the Senate oh, I know. when he was a senator. Crazy far left nonsense. Why he didn't want his children going to a school like a jungle. You go, what? What did that senator just say? So here's my That was outrageous, the connotation. And and by the way, nobody wants to talk about that. <gasps> oh no, that was then. He's now he's a different guy now. No, he's not. My confusion right. comes in this. And my entire schooling, entire childhood was about trying to tell us we were created equal. No one's better than anybody. Black, white, man, woman, we're all the same. We should be we should be boosted up on our qualifications. That's what I was raised to Everybody's believe. Everybody's got something that they can contribute. Yes, that's what we right. were taught. We were trying to get away from that whites are better versus minorities. Men are better than women. Gen X and Xenial and even the millennials were taught we're not different based on that. We're different on qualifications and character, right? Why is that not the same anymore? Where did that go? I yeah, said that but, far but I, I, I actually brought that up years ago. I said, when did MLK Jr. get thrown over overboard? Right. You guys, I mean, you guys are the old guys. When did it happen? You're still blaming on our generation? Well, um, you guys were in control. <laughs> but listen, Miles, when I, look at, when I look at Ludwig and I look at the circumstance in the United States, it might actually be our fault. <laughs> I'm the outlier. <laughs> yeah, there's some. All right. DBRS joins Fitch placing United States AAA rating on watch negative. This is from ZeroHedge.com. Lud, you're the micro-macro economics professor. Now, the rating watch negative reflects increases. Political partisanship uh, is hindering reaching a resolution. It goes on and on and on. I'll save it. What's your opinion? Do you think that our credit, what does it mean, by the way, to have our credit rating um, lose its AAA status? How does that impact us? So when they when they rate bonds, they rate them from AAA down. AAA being you're going to like 99.9% certainty you're going to get paid back. Yep. And then we go down all the way down to like junk bonds, which are like C's and triple C. They're gambling at Vegas. High, high risk, high yep. reward. Yep. Or AAA, you're, you're guaranteed to get paid is essentially what they're saying. One time in our nation's history have we went from AAA plus to AAA negative, and that was under President Obama. Right. And, but essentially it does. It makes the interest rate payments actually higher because it now 
shows there's a, there's a weight, there's a waffling, there's a there's a slight chance of risk. So the charge on our debt will the, actually increase based the, on the rating. The fee that we're paying for our debt, mm -hmm. which by the way I say again, we're literally paying more in interest than it take than we are on national defense. Get your heads around that concept for a minute. That's mind-boggling to me. And it's not a conversation, miles to yours and my friendly debate, it's not a conversation on either side of the aisle. That's a crisis in my old-fashioned Reaganite way of seeing this. And that's where the debt debate really gets sketchy because it's portrayed as if we won't be able to continue to fund the government. We need to raise the debt ceiling just to maintain our interest payments. Right. It's not even about funding the military and all, or Social Security or whatever. It's about making interest payments. We can't. Right continue on this debt path yes. under the current ceiling without defaulting on our debt payments. Right. No, but Lud, I mean, say again, if we get pulled off the international standard, oh, done. we are toast. We're done. We're done. But that's a global economic collapse. And no, no I was thinking about this today earlier too, because maybe we'll talk about it next segment, but um, when you are at the top, everybody's after you, right? Okay. When you're number one, you're the king of the hill. You're the guy that knocked out. Well, the dollar's been at the king of the hill since, what, the 1970s? Something? Listen, when we come back from break, I want to talk about globalization um, on, on a couple of, in fact, I want to correlate it to cities, like I said early on that I wanted to do. And part of any global conversation has got to talk about the devaluization of the dollar bill. Those topics are all part and parcel. They're all the same on where in the world do we think where we're going and is it time to slow to navigation speed and think about this? I submit it is. But, folks, it's big, heavy-lifting topics. Stay with us. We're going to go to a break, and we'll get right back and dive in. Mike Hewitt here. It's a curious thing. Search the world over for successful and failing countries. It's always about government. Compare living standards and safety between Venezuela and Uruguay. Different universes. You can do a generation's comparison in America. Consider Detroit. Once a city with the highest average income in America, families walking the streets enjoying all the sights and sounds of a successful and safe city. That was in the era of our great-grandparents and before. We could debate the cause, but the only meaningful difference between then and now is government. It's the same in big cities all across America. Track the increases in poverty, educational failure, family dysfunction and violence. The decline began in each when city government became single-party representation. Single-party systems fail everywhere they're tried. Nearly half the American population lives in major cities. That they continue to vote for failure is truly an enigma. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You'll like it. So, guys, here's where I'm trying to get my head around a handful of things. And I use Detroit as an example because most folks, regardless of the state that, that you're hearing us from, you've got a view of what Detroit, Michigan has become. And so, listen, I'm 62, and I spent most of my early life in the 1960s in Detroit as a patient at Henry Ford Hospital, where I'd spend months on end watching out my window. I was there for the race riots of 67, 68, watched it out my window. The point of me bringing that stuff up is I got to use Detroit as an example. When I was a little boy going down Pallister Avenue to Henry Ford's Hospital, there were beautiful middle-class homes. I mean beautiful homes. Now, if you go to, to Henry Ford Hospital down Pallister, there are fields. 
They've ripped them all out. They turned into crack houses and prostitution houses. They burned them out. They destroyed them, ripped the porches off. The roofs fell on the windows, been long broke out till they finally bulldozed them. The last Republican mayor in the city of Detroit was in 1962. And when I start looking at that, I, I sent myself down that rabbit hole, guys. I'm looking at all of the cities that we talk about. Miles Bauer, your city, Chicago. Yeah. I, no, listen. no, dude. The last Republican mayor in Chicago was 1934. Right. And, and that listen, is huge. And, and now we talk about, in fact, for a long time on this radio show, our show, you used to give us Chicago murder updates weekly. Folks, think right. about that. In fact, I asked that Reuters guy, why is he busy writing stupid stories with me rather than writing about the death that's taking place in Chicago? Right. I start looking at all the cities, Philadelphia, San Francisco. You look at all of the major cities in the United States, including most or not or all in Texas, including most or almost all in Florida, including most or all of the major few cities in Alaska. They're all deep blue, and they've all got educational family strife going from stem to stern. And I back up, I go, wait, it's a single-party system. So let me get on Google, because I want them to lie to me. And then I went to DuckDuckGo.com in pursuit of the truth, looking to find single-party systems on a national level anywhere in the world, anywhere in history, that worked. So, quick Make the kind of, I make the comparison. Those the current single party systems in the world. There are actually seven of them. I listed of the top four: China, Cuba, North Korea, and Vietnam. And I think, well, which of those four countries do we want to be like? Get your head around that. So then I make the comparison: Chicago, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Detroit are single party systems and have been over the course of two full generations. You yes. cannot win in any of those cities if you are, forget Republicans for a minute. You can't you know, win as an independent, a Republican, you know, or anything. You know, you know what the fun part about that is? The NAACP says that blacks shouldn't go to Florida? I saw that. Really? Right. And, and, and uh, was it Rick Scott just released a piece that said, Socialists shouldn't go to Florida because they'll not be treated at the same level as an American capitalist might. Now, he was making fun of that. It was a fun read. The point is, folks, is that single-party systems, I don't care what party you're on, those Republicans that are demanding single-party systems, I see the polling where you know, 60 and 70% of the folks in general are okay with a single-party system. I'm going, Really? Is it working in Philadelphia, or would you rather be like China? Think about that. My cardiologist, Chinese lady, wonderful person, during the mask era, she said everybody in China wears a mask, but it's not because they're afraid of COVID, it's because they're afraid of the government. Get your head around that for a minute. They're not afraid of COVID, they're afraid of the government. And we right. want to be that way, where, where you only have one ideology, so it's the it's the classic thing, Miles, for you you and me, the old people, where the 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 joke always used to be about the the folks that make the decisions are standing around in front of a big fancy fireplace with a cigar and a glass of brandy, folks. That hasn't changed in big city America. 
So if you go there, Miles, you and I used to go to Detroit a lot. There's no place in Detroit now that you can say, we'll go there, that'll be fun and safe. And all the places that you and I used to go in Chicago, same story. You got to get out of the city to actually feel safe. And yes, you'll push back a little bit. No, you'll say, no, no, Michigan Avenue right downtown is fairly safe. And I'll say, yeah, until it's after 5 o'clock. Folks, we can be better than this in the United States. Single-party systems don't work. And and I told my wife I was going to do this rant. She says, well, what's your goal? I said, listen, my only goal with this is to get folks to think. If you're a Democrat and you're listening to me and you're in a big city, I just want you to think for a minute. I, and I mean that respectfully and earnestly. Step out of that circle for a minute and say, are there any other ideas that might do better? Because this one ain't working. No, Mike, I mean, think how many African-Americans die in the south side of Chicago, yet the NAACP is telling you don't go to Florida? Yes, it's craziness. It's insanity. It's, 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 I got all kinds of words for it. But let's go back to the other. If you look at inner city America, 30% of the population of the United States, forget race, forget ethnicity, forget all of those those lightning rod charges. It's not about that. It's about 30% of the United States population. It's about we the people. Three out of every 10 are living in abject poverty like they're in a third world nation. And it's in a single party system. And nobody talks about it. Folks, I don't understand on either side of the divide why this and national debt aren't prominent in our daily conversation. Well, are you going to admit you have a problem in your own home? Yeah. Most people won't. But listen, if I have a problem, I like that example. Let's run with that for a minute. Folks, I've got four beautiful daughters. And when I raise them, mostly as a single parent, I might add, if I had a problem in my home, you know what I did? I didn't go, oh, no, everything's peachy keen. I tried to handle the problem. You didn't blame the Smiths across the street? Well, it was easy to blame you, Lud. I was, I'm your daughter's age. Doesn't matter. It's still your fault. <laughs> Folks, the point is. I was just is, breathing in existence. I, and by the way, <laughs> by the way, one of the things that I'll concede to Miles on, we debate about the Republican Party going through the transition that's going on. Mm-hmm. Miles, if you could have heard me giving that Reuters interview, you'd have busted out laughing because I sounded like you. We need this. This is healthy that we're going through these internal strife, struggle. It's yeah. good. It's a good thing. Get the arena of ideas fired up. Bring it in here. Let's see the best ones. But what I like about it is it avoids groupthink. And I don't do groupthink. You can see on our side we have a lot less groupthink than the other side. Uh, listen, I, I got to tell you, I'm, we're down to how, how long do I have? <laughs> in case you don't know what groupthink is, groupthink is when you're in a group uh, – setting and there's there might be 50 people there and somebody comes with an idea and everybody goes yeah 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 that's a great idea yeah even though they may have walked in saying i'm not doing that i don't believe in that i don't think that's the best idea but as soon as somebody of power or position says it's a good idea there everybody's like yeah it's the herd mentality right that what we call sheeple or sheep mentality and i don't see as much of that in our side and and i know that people on the other side might disagree because like well you watch fox news first of all yeah, watch Fox News, I watch Newsmax, whatever. But I also think for myself, and I may listen to that person and then form my own opinion off of that. Lud is so squishy. He is. We're down to seconds. The right often eat their own, 
before its enemy can even put on their bib. Stop assisting them as we are being divided to be conquered. And that was Ronald Reagan. And so, Miles, whenever we get onto the debate, and I'm listening to the Republican Party throw names at each other, I want vigorous, passionate, but respectful debate. And when it's not that way, that's when you hear me get pushed back. Folks, we're out of time, but i got to tell you, I genuinely thank you for joining us. Um, and I, I didn't even get to say it at the, at the midway point. Our flagship station, WHTC, 1450 AM, 99.7 FM, Spotify, Apple Podcast, everywhere, to our affiliate network. Thank you very, very much for carrying us. Folks, we will see you next week. Thank you.